in prison, medium B prison, Eastern Correctional Institution. They sit up at night and literally talk about detailed stories. I could tell stories about your life that you don't even know I know. Right. Because people talked about you. You was like Thor. Right. Like literally like a, a hood folk hero. Like, yeah, <laughs> Pete came through and he sliced a hundred men down. <laughs> like, yo, like. So I'm ashamed of these stories now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, peace family, it's Jay Morrison coming to you live from the Black House, and welcome to another episode of How to Beat the Trap. And today I got one of my, my homeboys, homeboy, the King Pee Wee from D.C. Uh, Pee, I got a special intro on this, right? right? Because this is our first time meeting. Right, right. I didn't know what you looked like. <laughs> I don't even, I'm only going to introduce him as P. Or Pee Weeks. I don't even know your government name. Right, right. But look how dope this is. You a great friend of my great friend. Right. Which makes you my great friend. Right. A bunch of mutual friends. Bunch of mutual friends. Right. And so without even knowing you right. personally in that longer tenure, without even um, knowing your government, right. without even having met you and knowing what you look like, uh, you still can lock in with me, can get anything from me. Will still hold you down, and I know for a fact you would say the same. Family, family, yeah, because you're a friend of ours. Right. It was, it was, it was a given. We was gonna meet each other anyway. Anyway, know? we was gonna we build. communicate across the phone, across the phone, that, right? all of that. And it was love, just like we seen each other, like we hung out last night or something. Absolutely. <laughs> Yo, so guys, listen, this is a special episode of How I Beat the Trap because you know, in the Trap P, in this podcast, we cover uh, what we call the Trap, which is a program or system that's designed to entice or entangle you, but secretly for the benefit of another, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so we cover some of America's most infamous traps, the corporate trap, the college trap, the culture trap, that peer pressure, guys blowing money fast, God is competing against the Joneses, our last name ain't Jones, right. all that, and the infamous corner trap, which you and I both survived, right? right? And ex-trappers, ex-trappers, right? Right, and so it's super dope because we have so many that are caught in that lifestyle and caught in the game. Right. Um, the game that we thought was going to be a win for us, but we know how uh, it's designed, right, mm-hmm. to play out. So um, I'm happy to have you on and for us to build in this kind of setting. And I didn't do any research. I didn't ask um, much because I want to do it right here on the show and I want it to be live and I want it to be organic. That's um, cool. I'm thankful uh, to be here. Absolutely. I think a lot, of, a lot of kings and queens who are caught in the game, you know the game, the real game, and will benefit from this opportunity to, to build with us. Right. So, Pete, what we do, right, is um, before I get into the full story, I want to talk about, you know, who you are right now today, mm-hmm. what you do, mm-hmm. what your vision is, mission is in, in, in life, right. right? Who is Pee Wee? You can tell them who you are outside right. of just being Pee Wee, right, from D.C., <laughs> and then we're going to reverse engineer out the trap, mm-hmm. and we're going to start, we're going to talk about where you come from mm-hmm. and how you came up in the game and got to this point today. So right now, let's talk about where you are today, um, who you are today, what's your mission in life? I'm Ronald Selden. Um, I work um, in the mental health field. Um, I work for an um, agency by the name of MBI Health Services out of Washington, D.C. Um, I'm a community support worker. So um, basically what I do is people that come home from the feds, district court, superior court, I reconnect them if they have a ment- mental illness and if they have, um, if the courts know about it, parole or probation, supervised release, 
I um, connect them with psychiatrists, therapists, and connect them to nice. a core service agency so they could take care of their mental health needs. Gotcha. What, what are some of the mental health needs that you see from um, guys or, or gals that are coming home? What kind of stuff are we facing with in the community? Well, is you know, research has shown, and not just research, it's a given that anybody that's, you know, that's in the streets and you caught up into committing any type of being, you know, being a criminal or anything that's illegal, that you have a mental illness. Mm. I mean, mental illness gets is developed throughout those that journey, throughout that um, that experience. So, you know, we're talking about PTSD. We're talking about anxiety. It's, it's a many. I mean, then, you know, our childhood, um, the way how we're raised and in different communities in poverty and through a lot of unusual circumstances, it makes things, you know, it makes it so that, you know, we develop different things and have development issues that make it so that we, you know, we're not, we can't go and, and we can't play on an even playing field as everybody else. Right. Not Our normal, times. we call normal in the hood or right. where we come from is right. not a real normal. Right. And we talk about this all the time, you know. And sometimes, you know, my peers, they get a little upset with me, you know, because I look at things from a different perspective, a different light now. And... It's, you know, I understand, you know, because I was there, you know what I mean? I'm not downing anybody, but at the same token, there's things that we need to acknowledge as men, as kings, you know what I mean, queens. Anyway, we got to acknowledge certain things that we deal with as a people that, you know, that a lot of people don't have to deal with or they, you know, they don't have to deal with those circumstances. So you say your peers get a little upset with you, like in what context, like? I mean, sometimes, hey man, you change, you change, you, 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 you think you better, you think you this, you think you that. Nah, man, I'm maturing a little bit, you know, not a little bit, a lot. Not only I'm maturing, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm seeing the whole picture, you know, mm. and just because I see it another way, that don't mean that I still am not gonna rock with you. Right. I'm gonna rock with you. I'm gonna be with you. You know. I'm not judging you. No, I'm not judging you. Yeah, I'm not, you know. But at the same token, though, I want, I want better for you. Mm. You know, just like I want for myself. You know, I can't, you know, I can't say that I rock with you over here, but I ain't going to rock with you over here and bring, we tie it all in and try to, you know, make changes for everybody for the better. Right. It's a given. You know, it's interesting. I posted something on Instagram late night last night, like one in the morning, just on my heart. I just, you know, sporadically get little, little spurts. God give me right. little downloads. And I just wrote like a snippet of my story. Like, right. you know I mean? I was molested at seven. Like right. first time introduced to sex was my babysitter, a woman at seven years old. Right. 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 Um, uh, first time selling weed, sixth grade. Right. First time bagging up, bottling up vials of blue tops, crack, right. 15 years old. Right. First time, you know what I mean? Like, just growing down my timeline. First right. time in prison, 18, right? All that. And joint snapped overnight, 30,000 likes, right? right. 3,000 shares, saves, right. downloads. And the crazy part is that my whole life, that was just normal to me. Right. That was just regular. Like, the fact that I bust off a gun at 16 first time, like, that was normal. Like, back in the crack, like, selling to my, my aunts, uncles, like, that was, like, and that's you not know, normal. It's not normal. I mean, people sit in front of me every day, and I share my experience, and I tell them, you know, what I've been through and the change I made. You know, to, to let them know, not, not I'm not here to, like, to tell you that you're wrong or explain to them in the sense of that, you know, like I said, I'm better than you. It's just, I'm letting you know, like, I know what you feel inside. Mm-hmm. I know what you, the, I know the walk that, you, that you're taking right now, the journey that you're on, and that- I know the trap you in. The trap that you're in, right, right. And that 
I I'm I'm one of many that can show you that you know you can change. Mm. You can be who you want to be. It's one of the psychiatrists I work with. He has this saying. He always say say he say um he always tells the different clients. He say think about who you want to be, and every day you get up, just aim to be who, who I mean who that is that you want to be. And just keep fighting through that every day. And that reality is just going to keep opening up. The universal reward. It's going to reward you at, right. And it's going to come around and you're going you're gonna to be there. It might not be exactly what you want, but you're going to be a better person. A better person. And yeah. that's what I put at the end of that tweet thread. I put, um, and we got it from one of our How to Be the Trap alumni. Boniface came in. He said, your environment would change you before you change your environment. Right. And I was like, um, you know, before we used to be proud of our ignorance. Right. Proud, we knew we was in the trap. Ain't care, middle fingers to the cops, to right. the undercovers, all that. We were proud to right. be like this rebel. Right. Proud to, right, to, 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 to have this like even self-degradation. Right. Because it was like, this is our environment, so I'm gonna embrace it. Right. And um, as you were just kind of saying, like having that goal, I remember being young and my stepfather, he was a stick-up man and he was a hustler. My mom was a hustler. Right. And so my goal was to be the ultimate hustler. Right. Like my literal target on the board was to be a kingpin. Right. Like, that was my aspiration. Man, listen. <laughs> that, that's all I thought about. I thought I was going to make it that way. And, you know, and you get caught up into this false reality. You actually start to believe that... Enticed. That, yeah, enticed. Entangled. Right. right. And it, it becomes so overwhelming that sometimes, you know, when you get a timeout, you know, because I went to prison... And you and you get a time out, you really get to sit back and think about, damn, I was a damn fool. Mm. You know? But how long did you go to prison for? 13 years. 13 yeah, years. 13 years. That's yeah. a time so, out. Right, time out. And not only I went to prison, my mother went to prison, my girlfriend went to prison, um, her mother went to prison, you know, her grandmother was involved, you know, and I'm ashamed of these things. And not only I'm ashamed of these things, I mean these things, you know, you know. It, those things made me want to change, you know, because I, you know, you, you put a lot of people in, you get people involved that they don't know the, you know, they don't know the significance. They don't know, mm. you know, how things can turn out, you know. Right. And They're really citizens that you recruited. Exactly. Into your dream. Yeah, right. And your I, lifestyle. Yeah, I'm ruining their life, you know. And, you know, a lot of people was really upset with me. I mean, I'm thankful that, you know. People were still, you know, I still had a good support team. My cousin and my cousin Jack. My oh, man, Yella, everybody, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm really blessed. I, I got a hell of a support team, and everybody always like go pee. You know what I'm saying? So I'm good, man. That's a man to say did 13 years in prison and so said, I'm blessed. Yeah. Right? And so there, there is life after that. Yeah. And, and learning after that if you decide to evolve. And that's the thing, yeah. is that you could stay stuck in the trap unless you choose different. Right. You got to really want it. I mean, you really gotta want it. I mean, you gotta want change. You know, I get some, I get in some uncomfortable moments, but th those moments or whatever the case, you know, I have to sit down and start do that evaluation all over again. Mm. You know, and it helped me just actually change my perspective towards this life in general, even the way you know my relationship with God, my relationship with me and my family. You know, it, you know, your values, you know, your morals and your principles about certain things, you know. And it helps you just evolve and get away from all that. Absolutely. So um, I want to dive into where you started. 
And mm-hmm. I want to give everybody a disclaimer because I want you to be as honest as possible that you feel comfortable right, being right. on the platform. Right. And what we're getting into um, is no way, I know he's going to echo this, is no way glorifying See. anything that we've done, he's done, the lifestyle, nothing. But I also want people to get a magnitude, right. an understanding for who's sitting in front of them, right? right. You heard where you started. Right. Or, where, excuse me, where you're at. Right. And now I want to go back to where you started so they can get a real understanding of Right, because a lot of young young kings out there, especially right. who glorify to be places in the game that won't even touch where you've been in the game. Right, and, and why P um, has a reputation that precedes him is because when I was in prison in Maryland, right at at 20, 20 years old, twenty one years old for drug trafficking charges, um, my mutual friends, but one of my guys on my tier, he always talked about P, and other guys talked about P, and P we from DC, and right. you was like literally edified as like almost like a folk hero. Right, right. It's literally like people told stories about you, bro. Like you was like, it was like, wow, I can't make the... We, we, this is why I was... I'm ashamed game. of these stories now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed of these stories, you know? But yeah, yeah. literally, like they would sit up at night, like in the, and this is in, in prison, medium B prison, Eastern Correctional Institution, they sit up at night and literally talk about detailed stories. I could tell stories about your life that you don't even know I know. Right, right, right. Because people talked about you, you was like Thor. Right. Like, literally like a, a hood folk hero. Like, yeah, <laughs> Pete came through and he sliced a hundred men down. <laughs> like, yo, like, it was crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, y'all can't wait to meet this guy one day. Like, jeez, <laughs> he's like Jay-Z in real life. Like, yo. Right. People, you know what I mean? So um, we don't want to edify and, and glorify that by no. doing people understand that. Um, by no means are we glorifying. By, by no, no means. means right. But it is your reality. It is your testimony. No, it's my reality. It is your life. Right. So, um, so, so let's talk, go ahead. So let's talk about Young P, where you started, where you grew up, what was growing up like? I grew up in um, Maryland Eastern Shore. My um, my mother's from Baltimore, so my mother's family's from Baltimore. Um, my father's family, they grew up, I mean, not grew up, but my father's family was pretty much in, in the Eastern Shore area, but a lot of my, my father's family migrated to the D.C. area. So, you know, I spent a lot of my summers and I spent a lot of time, you know, inside the DMV area. So, you know, I got so familiar with D.C. and Baltimore. And, you know, I, when I, I was young, I started hustling down to the shore. And then I just took my show on the road and, you know, gotcha. went to other places. So what's young? When did you start in the game in the streets? I'm probably about the seventh, eighth grade, you know. Um, one thing, my circle is still the circle today, you know what I mean, from when I was a kid. You know, and I'm I'm fortunate for that because all of us are still, you know, same friends. We family. We we call ourselves brothers. We call each other every every morning. We talk on the phone. We make sure each other's safe at night before we drop our eyes. We contact each other, just make sure we good. Even though even though the kings that are in prison, we still, you know, make sure, hey man, why you didn't call? What's up? Right. You know what I mean, we need to, you know, stay in contact and make sure our families are good and we work as a team. So, you know, we um as kids, you know, we go to New York, do our thing, come back, and um, so that was seventh, eighth grade, going to New York. Yeah, eighth and ninth grade, we'd go to New York, get on the trailways, and bring our thing back. We'd take some chicks with us, you know. what I mean, thinking we doing something, you know, and we bring the work back and get, you know, get to working, you know. Right. What I mean? So what gave out. you that aspiration to to to, to sell drugs mm-hmm. to get in the game at, at in middle school? And um. I, and at that level, because yeah. most middle school kids might yeah. nickel and dime something yeah. locally or whatever. What 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 gave y'all that kind of ambition, and aspiration? So, I um I, I was I had a childhood friend. He would kill me. He knew I was telling this. My man Pop, 
he, um, I always call him and Jim. I said, man, you ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, you know, me and him would hang around his kids. We'd play basketball at a girls' and boys' club and every day, and he used to be like, hey, man, you know, um, I did this last night, and I was doing this or whatever the case was, and I made me $100, $200. I'm like, for real? Like, yeah, like that. He's just like, you, you want to do something or whatever like that? It's like, yeah. So, you know, we get to doing things or whatever the case it is. And that's what that's what led me to that. You know, it led me to that. And then I was just started being... What was your first goal? Did you have a first goal? Yeah. My first goal was to get a car. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I graduated from high school and um, a lot of my friends didn't graduate. So, you know... It's because my I had some real strict grandparents, you know, and um, God bless the dead, you know. My grandfather, was, you know, he was hard on me because my father got killed when I was five years old. Mm. So my father was in the streets. And um, when I graduated from high school, you know, I had like a little over $100,000. And I was like, damn. So I'm telling my friends, hey, man. So you, you know, hustled all the way through high school? All the way through high school. So you was in the trap from seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. So you on a route. Yeah, on a route. And I was like saying to myself, I, I, when I what year was this when you graduated? High I school? graduated in 93. I was supposed to graduate in 92, but when my father had got killed, my mom went through some, some mental health things, depression and stuff. And so she took me out a year, a year from school early, you know, so you know, we could get the family back on track. Gosh, she graduated in 93 and had over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Put up. Right, put up. And I was I felt like I, I thought I felt like I was just shit. Right. I felt like, hey, I'm doing. I know it, the know? feeling. I know the vibes. Exactly. Right. People talking. Oh yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm like, man, I ain't talking about nothing, man. Right. You, you can't know? tell me nothing. Can't you, tell you can't me tell me nothing. nothing. I said, right. I got a hundred. Like. Right. And then um, in man, a route. <laughs> me and Yella, um, we hooked up, and um, things just went to a whole nother level, you know, and. Jack came along, you know, also him and Yellow was already together. And, you know, things just got crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> then we going from state to state, going from the West Coast, East, East Coast. And that's the thing I tell a lot of people, you know, like, another thing is, you know, we traveled and moved to different cities and did our thing. So it made us a little versatile on a lot of different things. We was able to, you know, communicate and get along with a lot of people in a, you know, just in a different light than everybody else. Gotcha. You know, I'm not saying that we special or nothing like that. It's just, you know, we knew how to connect, you know, to get some money and get connect with the right people and communicate and make it happen. Right. Yeah. So y'all expanded outside of DMV. Right. And was able to get some life skills, right. if you will. Exactly. Right. In that, in that field. Right. In that field. Right. And in that space. And so when you say um, things got crazy. What's got crazy? Man, that um, that the federal government came in. <laughs> you know I mean? So you know they was coming in. And we knew. You know they was they they was they was after us. You know. So, you know, things just, that's what I mean when things got real crazy, you know, and then a lot of things, you know, as far as like with our associates and stuff, you know, things would happen to them, you know, people getting killed and all different types of other things. And it just put us, you know, it, it just made things bad. It made things more intense than what we, you know, thought it was going to be. Gotcha. How old how were you then when it started getting high? Probably like in my... Early twenties. Your early twenties. And yeah. so, how? What was that? Probably feel? about mid twenties. About mid twenties. Yeah. Gotcha. And so, um, to the degree you comfortable, um, how much, either how much was y'all making in, or how much <laughs> was you, how much was you moving in? What was, what, what was that like? Oh man. 
I mean, you think about he might be doing like 10, 15 keys a day. A day, you know what I mean? We sometimes we would go uptown and the people uptown are hollering at us, like, you know, what, what you know, we going uptown to cop, they like, hey, we thought you had some other people or whatever. You know, what y'all can bring this uptown and let's rock out here. Uptown looking for y'all for the plug. We small town, Eastern Shore. We in New York doing that thing. You know? Wow. So, you know, it's you know, it it was kind of crazy, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Fatigue yeah. day up like yeah, <laughs> 200 so, a month. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And again, not glorifying, I'm giving right. you context right. to what this journey and this trap could do to you, because that was an allure. Right. Right. That was an enticement. Right. It was an enticement. And it, it it turned me into, you know, over time as I went to prison, it made me be somebody I didn't want to be. You know, it, it um you know, it made me look back on it to say, like, damn, yeah, I, I was a fool, you know. And the money, the money to do that, and like, like you said, the, like the, the show, the show's about the track. Money can actually change you in so many different ways mm. that you get you get lost with life. That's the culture trap. That's the culture trap. Right? Make you think because you got a bigger bag now. Right. You, you. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tap into that in just one second. So for the for the for the civilian out there, the unsophisticated trapper. Um, what kind of money is 10 to 15 keys a day? Man, sometimes, man, we... Some days, you know, profit-wise, we might walk away with about 60, 70. You know what I mean? But you figure, like, we handling through our hands three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. I mean, we, we, we didn't know places to where to put the money at for the floor to be secure. Sometimes we had to pay people just to sit and chill. <laughs> just, to, you know what I mean, for the, for the people to come through to get the money, you know? Right. Yeah, so, so so you're young, mid-20s, and right. money is just it's not a problem. Flowing. It's not a problem. and it, Money it, is just flowing. Right. Exactly. What's the most money you've seen with your eyes? Probably about four or five million. Yeah. With my eyes. Shit. Me, me and me and my, my cousin, um, one night, when me and my cousin, we sat from maybe like 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night till the wee hours in the morning, and we counted by hand $2 million or something. Cash. <clears throat> yeah, cash. He was like, he looked at me and he said, you know, this is literally crazy. He said, could you ever believe this? <laughs> like, man, get, hurry up so we can get this up out of here, man. You she know, feel sweating. Sweating. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy as hell, though. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's the um? And it's probably my last one. This tip, but mm. what's the what, what's the most amount of keys you've seen with your eyes? Maybe 150, 200. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. You know, being in New York, being in Spanish Harlem, and Going into some of those buildings and being involved with some of the people that we was involved with, it was unbelievable. You know, I mean, it's like you know, you hear the stories and my first time going into a place and I'm seeing like 40, 50 keys. I'm like, I'm sweating. I want to get the hell out of there. The whole place smell like cocaine. You know I used to go saying? and see like two, three and be like, yeah, <laughs> look, <laughs> man, it's time to go, man. You know, this shit was just crazy. You know, mm. yeah. So, you know. Like he said, you know, I, no way do I glorify it. No way do I, you know, I recommend anybody to to commit any crime because it's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. So what do you think, I want to go back to that money piece, what do you think 
looking back now, in retrospect, what do you think money did to you in regards to character, person, anything? Like, what, what do you think money did to you that you, you look back at? It made me not have respect a lot of things. It's, it, it changed my whole understanding. And as far as, like, you know, the thing, how I was raised, my mother and my grandparents raised me. Mm. It, um... You thought you could override your, your moral compass. Exactly. Made me a womanizer. Mm. It, it, um... It, it made me do a lot of things that, you know, I just wasn't proud that I look back on today, you know. And it made me destroy a lot of things, too. My son's in prison right now doing 30 years for murder. Mm. And, um... It, it destroyed my relationship, you know, in the sense of that, you know, I wasn't there to raise him, you know, so I feel bad about that. Every day I get on my knees and I pray and, you know, I, I, I ask for another opportunity for him, you know. Mm. And um, my, um, I pretty much, I pretty much you know, raised her, my stepdaughter, you know, and a lot of things that she's heard about me. And um, I'm proud of her right now. She, she's, um, she's in California a lot of things that that, she, that she's probably heard about me. It was, you know, I, it didn't make her proud of me. You know, it didn't make her feel good about me. Mm. You know, so. Peace, family, and I'm glad you all are tuned in to How to Beat the Trap. This is literally a podcast that is teaching you how to beat America's most infamous traps. And we have amazing influencers, overachievers, and entrepreneurs who are giving you the game and want to actually extend that game to you through their products, their programs, their services, their mentorship, and coaching. So what we've done is we've worked out amazing deals with these influencers so they can give you the game at discounted prices or exclusive opportunities, right? So all you got to do to be a part of our Trap Partners education is go to howtobeatthetrap.com. This is an exclusive opportunity from our podcast to you to give you information, strategies, and game on people that inspire you and you love their roadmap for how they beat the trap. So if you want to get tapped in, go to howtobeatthetrap.com to get exclusive How to Beat the Trap opportunities to learn from your favorite How to Beat the Trap interviewees. All right, guys, I'll see you there. Peace. And do you, so, all right, I'm going to ask some more questions for sure. Um, I want to go through your timeline a little bit. So, mid-20s, you seen a lot of paper. Right. And, 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 and from a drug dealer's perspective, I'm talking about speaking from my teenage and early 20s self, this is what I was aspiring to. You right. was the kind of drug dealer I was aspiring to be right. in the game, right? right? Um, so, you're going through your 20s, and what was your first time... Uh, Going to prison or being locked I, um, up? Probably like in 94, I had a small case down to the Eastern Shore, and I caught a little re work release situation. And then I got a um, 90— Right after that, I caught another case in Jersey, in Hackensack, New Jersey. And um, that was a little small case, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And um, what was that case for? Drugs. Drugs. Mm -hmm. Possession. And what was a small? I can't even remember what it was. That small. It was that small. Yeah. I was in the car with somebody. I didn't even know that it was in the car. Right. I'm trying to get back to Maryland, you know what I mean, to get out of New York. I had been in New York for like three weeks. Um, I, I went just, I was dressed in one outfit, and I had to buy clothes for each day. You know what I mean? Trying to get out, but trying to move out and get rid of the work that we had inside of New York. So, you know you know, make things, you know, just to get back home. Right, gotcha. Yeah, to my family. All right, so you're going through the 90s, and um, 
So tell us the next part of that timeline, right? So you still mm-hmm. hustling? Mm-hmm. Did you have a plan to retire from the trap? I mean, you yeah, making, I mean, making yeah. millions. What, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a few business. You know, at, at a young age, I had cell phone and paging company. I started buying real estate. Um, I um, I had opened a laundromat. Um, I had a few different things going on, and. I still couldn't get it. I was still webbed in. I was caught up into the trap with selling drugs. I, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I'm, I'm saying to myself, you know, my girlfriend at that time, she was like telling me, like, Ronald, when's enough? Mm. It's like, oh, we got every thing. You know mm. what I mean? Think life is good. Mm. Like, when's enough? And she would tell me this all the time. And there'd be times that she would call me. She was like, hey, you know, I just, I, you know, I want better for you. You know, but, you know, I just, I... I couldn't get away from it. I was in the trap. I was trapped mentally. You know what I mean? Mm. And I, 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 I thought that I was so much better than everybody else in the sense that I'm, I'm a whole lot slicker. And that's the thing. We get caught in like, hey, nah, they ain't gonna, they dumb. They was doing it that way. Right. Them trappers over there, they yeah, ain't good yeah, trappers. They, they, I'm they, a good trapper. I'm a good trapper. I, I've been getting away for this this long. Like that. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. You know? So how long was your run before you got smacked um, up? In 2002... Well, in in '99, I caught um, a case um, that um, where one of my friends had took one of my cars that had a, a secret compartment, a secret um, compartment inside of it, and the James Bond joint. <laughs> <laughs> so he took it there, right? And he took it to the dealership, and they dropped the um, the the thing, and they seen a compartment into the gas tank. And they contacted um, the interdiction team for the state police in Merlin. And, you know, they had me on their radar. And that pretty much was it, you know. It, the feds was on me from there, you know. Mm, so you started in seventh, eighth grade, mm-hmm. just couple, won a couple hundred dollars a day in a car. Right, exactly. What year was that about? And shit, we talking about what? Four years, we talking about 93, nine, in the 80s, late 80s. Gotcha, so late 80s. Right. And then you got to run, essentially, outside of small cases, right. all the way up to, like, 99, 2000. Right, right. So you got, like, a over so 10 So, like, yeah, 2002. All right, so yeah. you got, like, a 12, 15-year run right. in the game. You right. feeling like, yo. And it was so, an amazing run, too. An amazing because, run. Right, because some of the things I experienced or whatever, you know. One thing I can tell you, like, you know, I was brought up in a household with my grandparents. We had to be very respectful, you know, I mean, we was very disciplined. So I took those characteristics and I took them over to this life, you know, into that life back then. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's made right. me. Past a, a, right, right. That made me a different type of drug dealer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In the sense of, you know, it made me to be able to instill, I mean, you know, put some of those things to work so I could be able to save money. And people would believe in me and give me all the work that I knew so I could go to a city, go to a small like town. Like you ain't knucklehead. Right, exactly, right. right. And then, and a lot of things, too. Yeah, a lot of my friends would say, yo, you, you ain't chasing the, the, the big cars and all this time. You know, I call myself being modest to a certain degree. Right. You know. What was modest for you in, in cars? Well, I had the cars, but I kept them tucked away. And, you know, that's another thing, you know. A lot of my family's like, hey, you got that nice car. Why you don't never drive it? You know what I mean? And a lot of times, I don't, I don't even know if I was buying it for myself. You know what I mean? Right. I was probably just buying it just because, you know, for a status thing, you know? Culture trap. Culture trap. Yeah. What's some of the cars you bought? 
uh, a few binges and, you know, like that. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah, I could go on and on. Right, right. Yeah, right. All that. All that, yeah. Jules watches? Man, my watch collection was sick. Name, name your top three watches. I had a, um, a Frank Mueller double mystery. Mm. And then I had um, ah, I can't even tell. I, 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 Frank Mueller double mystery. And then I had um, a Patek Philippe. It was, I think it was a 24 or something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So all that before all that. Yeah, exactly. Before the culture was even on all that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you was, so had that run, 2000 comes, and then in your case, uh, Fed Snatcher? Yeah, Fed Snatcher, yeah. I made, um, I got in 2003, I was sentenced to um, 30 years. Um, and then I already, I was already out on a pill bond. I was sentenced to 15 years on on the case that I told you I caught in 99. I was out on a $375,000 pill bond. And then I got picked up by the feds while I was on that pill bond. Mm. But it was all, it, they already had it lined up, you know? So. We're going to let you out. Right. We're going to give you some more. Exactly. So I had, I was sentenced to 30 years in the feds. And then I had 15 years. And then while I, um, throughout the, um, the process of everything, when I go to prison, I go to federal prison, I gave the 15 years back. My release date. Meaning, uh, so the appeal worked. The appeal worked. I won, I mean, in the state and gave the 15 years back. And we was going to use the fruits of the poisonous tree um, doctrine because they used that information to indict me in the, in the feds. Right. Right. So they, um, and. So what was that feeling like getting 30 years in prison? I was sick, man. I'm like adding up, you know, in federal prison, what you do, 25 years, nine months, 25 years, 10 months. And I'm saying to myself, like. How old were you then? I was uh, 28. 28 years old, you get 30 years in prison. Right. After a 12, 15 year running the streets. And then my my mother and my my girlfriend and um, her mother, her grandmother, you know, other people in our family was indicted also Mm. for money laundering. Mm. Yeah, through our real estate and everything else we had going on. Gosh. And they they didn't play no role in that sense, you know, a few things in their names, you know, and st- stuff like that. Gotcha. Uh, and so um, that happened. So you lose. I'm sure you lost a lot of money in that man. process. I, I was in prison. I used to sit back on my bunk and think about all the money I lost. You How know? much money you lost, you think? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> More than a million. You know, I'd lost, I spent tons of money in attorney fees and everything. And, you know, I guess I shouldn't even be saying the money amounts because, you know, I don't want nobody to, you know, to glorify it like as we spoke earlier. And it's just, you know, it's a lot of things I could have did, you know. And a lot of people I met while I was in prison, you know, used to always tell me that. Um, so, like I said, so I, I my release date was 2029. I, um, Obama came with the crack law. I gave some time back. I gave some time back for the two points reduction. And then, um, um, I had that and I had another appellate issue that, um, that went through and, um, I came home six years ago and, um, you know, I I had cancer while I was in prison also. Mm. So I went away to, um, Lexington, um, um, Lexington, Kentucky. I went to the prison there, to the hospital there. I had bladder cancer. And um, it's just a bad situation, man. 
all the way around the board, but it was a hell of an experience. When I when I went to Lexington, Kentucky, I met a lot of, you know, people from the KGB and a lot of um a lot of different nationalities and ethnicities that they helped me change my perspective also. They helped me look at things a whole lot different, you know, and they helped me like, you know, get away from the normal prison thing in, in the sense of like, you know, talking about the same stuff, you know, like we're going to go back out there and do it all over again. Right. Just going to do it better this time. Right. And they was like, man, what is you doing here? You know, <laughs> when I had got to the hospital, he was like, hey, you know, you you carry yourself much different than everybody else, you know? And it wasn't that. It was, I mean, I, I'm not saying I didn't carry myself different, but I'm just saying it's just, you know, like I say, I was raised in the sense to have respect right. and to carry myself, be real prideful and have some, you know, dignity about myself, dignity, you know? Yeah. Right. So um, as we transition, I'm going to do a trap translation in a second, but um, yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm to do that. I'm going to do that. So, so I've got one more question. So you, you came through prison, got out early, right, yeah, on, on, right. on different appellate appeals and law changes and all, and all that. Also, um, yeah, let me tell you this real quick. So yeah. when I got out, I was at the halfway house and... Uh, I got a close friend, you know, from D.C. He got me a job at a drug rehab. And um, he gave me the job at a drug rehab. I started working in a drug rehab. And then um, things started taking off from there. I was being involved with a lot of different other things, advocating for um, for mental health, substance abuse, and other different things in the community in Washington. And I get a job at NBI Health Services and. He, he helped me get that job also. So I'm so thankful for him. Absolutely. You know, I, I was just celebrating his birthday with him um, last weekend. Yeah, last right. weekend. And, um, you know, I got to go out with him and his wife, you know, for his birthday. And I tell him, hey, man, you helped change my life around. You helped mm-hmm. make me make a difference. Right. You know? So would, maybe you wouldn't consider yourself this guy. I know how you move. But would did the feds or with the government, when they... Back in that life, they considered you a kingpin. Yeah. yeah. And how'd that feel as a, a formerly titled kingpin, <laughs> working with drug addiction and, and mental health from the oh, conversation? About okay, I thought you asked me something different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, what you thought? What you thought I was going to ask you? How did that make me feel going to prison, being labeled that? Right. I, well, I like, want to know that too. Then. Let's see. Man. I wish they didn't name me that. I told you, 30 years. You know what I mean? Shit, I wish I was a small guy. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. I wouldn't even... Everybody yeah. aspires yeah. to be yeah. El Chapo right. until the El Chapo numbers come. Until them El Chapo numbers come in. Right, exactly. Right. And then my family going to prison. Hey, man. You know, I, um, I called my mother one day. I was in the Supermax, and they was holding me over there, holding facility. And I was like, I was like, hey, Mom, you know, um, um, how you feel? I said, well, I don't feel good. It's not, it's not looking too good. How much time your mom got? My mom was, my mom and my girlfriend were sentenced to four years, but they came home early on appeal too. They both did oh, close to 18 months apiece. Gotcha. And um, she just told me, she's like, hey, just keep praying. Hey, just keep being, you know, do, 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 do how, you know, um, be who I raised. Mm. She said, you know, you know, don't don't worry about what nobody else said. You know what I mean? Just do the right thing, you know? Mm. So, you know, in my mind, you know, I would do the right thing anyway, you know what I mean? Because my family raised me, you know, to be prideful, you know? So 
I couldn't be labeled as, you know, no snitch or nothing like that. That wasn't even, that, that wasn't never an option, mm-hmm. you know? So, of course, you know, things run through your head. Right. Any person say it didn't run through their head, there's something wrong with them. You right. know what I mean? Because everybody's self-preservation. Trying, self-preservation, you're right. But, you know, I'm like, I'm private. I got a son. I got, you know, I got a good family. You know right. what I mean? And they got to look at that. No. Yeah. And then my team, like I told you, I got the same team I had when I was a kid. That's an interesting point. Because right. in this day and age, people aspire to be kingpins and El Chapos and these super trappers. Right. Catch their case in numbers. Enjoy all the spoils of the life. Right. Catch their case in numbers and tell them that everybody can tell them, including their mama. Exactly. So, uh, you know, what kept you in that to say, hey, you know what? Listen, I understand y'all might not, my boys might not like me and this, that, and the third, but I got to do what's best for me. What what kept you to be solid in that integrity? Because we, me and all my friends. Facing 30 years. Right. Me and all my friends always say what's best for us. Even to this day, even though we are in, my, my cousin, you know, he's in real estate. My, um, my, I mean, one of my friends, he's in trucking, you know. It's still what's best for us, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because we're a team, you know what I mean? Everybody fall, if one of us falls short, the other, you know, pick the other one up, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, like, you know, like when I talk to you, you know, you, you inspire us, you know? We all inspire each other, you right. know what I mean? We give each other the energy, you know what I mean? Never did I'm looking like, hey, what that, what, what Jay doing? Jay this and that, you know what I mean? I'm just always rooting for you, no matter what it is. Right. Always rooting for you. Appreciate yeah. you. I feel it. I know it. Yeah. Right. So you looking at a communal kind of perspective, a team perspective, it's like, look, I know it might be best for me, mm. but that move ain't best for us. No, it's not best for us, right. Yeah. Awesome. So, all right, the other question was, Kingpin... Former kingpin, excuse me, working in drug rehab, drug prevention, drug, right? And mental health, Coming up yeah. in mental health. Yes, I work into the Returning Citizens Division for MBI Health Services. And like I said, you know, and I work with a forensic outpatient department. So it's people that's found guilty within a reason of insanity. Um, yeah, within reason of insanity. Mm. So I just help them maintain their court orders and How do you feel doing that? I feel great, man. It's like I'm giving back. And it's like, you know, I understand their life. I understand what they've been through. And it's just, you know, I just always just try to encourage them to do the right thing. Awesome, awesome. Always encourage them to do the right thing. Uh, We got King Ronald, a.k.a. Pee Wee from D.C., man, right here in the trap. We're going to do our trap trap analysis real quick. And so my trap analysis, King, basically is... um, you grew up in an environment at an age where you really didn't even, couldn't even make strong decisions for yourself, seventh, eighth grade, and got enticed by this game, by the culture, um, by your environment, and um, got entangled right. in the game. Right. And I think it's just not, I think the corner trap is so synonymous with the culture trap because it's what we see on media, what we see in hip hop, what we see in music right. um, that a lot of times inspires us to keep up with the culture and, right. and, and what we what we thought we aspired to be, right? And I think it's just amazing that um, you broke out of that entanglement, right? right? And was able to see um, more for yourself and now be able to offer value back to the community mm-hmm. that you participated in even tearing down. Right. And so that just shows growth, it shows evolution, it shows maturity. And this is like, um, I think also it just speaks to some foundational elements of like what a real man looks like. Right, right? exactly. 
and, and taking accountability, right? right? Taking accountability for what you've done. Um, a lot, a lot of times you'll see guys go through that and they want to kind of double down on their mistakes. Right. And double down on on the trap, right? Right, exactly. And, and, and um, so I really appreciate that. I thank you for sharing that part of your story, and I hope that people can pull away from from that. Where you know, um, did you ever aspire to have a corporate career at any time? Nah, and no, not at all. It no. was yeah, it was the game, right? It was the game, man. Right. Game. So he was able to, you know, um, totally dismiss the corporate trap. Uh, did you ever think about going to college? Yeah, man, listen, man. My grandparents stayed on me. They wanted me to, to go to school when I started. And it just, you know, I'm not going to say, you know how people say, oh, school's not for me. No, I just, you know, I was more influenced and enticed with the trap. You know what I mean? Right. Doing my thing. I'm looking like I told you. When I graduated and I had had all that money, I'm like saying to myself, like, man, what do I need to go to school for? Right. You know? But it's it, it's toxic thinking, man. It's It's definitely not the way to go. It's definitely, you know, I tore my family apart. I tore myself apart. And, you know, every day it's a battle, you know, with some of the things that you do. So you just, you know, you have to just stay focused and stay strong, be positive and move forward, you know, and, you know, always want to do the right thing and do good by people. So there's someone in the hood right now saying, man, you have seen hundreds of thousands, if not millions um, then live the crazy lifestyle. How are you going to tell me because you got caught that this ain't the right thing for me to do? <laughs> I'm telling you that because, I mean, you might not can see it now, but just look around you. You know, it's only a matter of time. I'm not saying for you to go to prison. It's only a matter of time that something is going to happen to you in your life that's going to really... It's, I mean, it's going to traumatize you. Or if it doesn't traumatize you, you're already sick. You know what I mean? So I mean, trap bars. Yeah, you 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 gotta, you, man. If you have kids, you definitely you that that's just one thing by itself. You know what I mean? And like I say, my son's in prison for thirty years. You know, and I mean, things are looking good for him. You know, as far as with his appeal and everything. But you know, my son. He makes me every day, you know, get up in the morning to sell me, hey, I can never go back to that. Never. Mm. Never. Mm. So I think a lot of times we don't think about those we affect. Exactly. And, and the compound interest right. of our investment into the trap. Right. And the people that we affect. You know, I went through that. That's kind of what got me out the game in 2005 is that um, I kept lying to my daughter saying I did real estate when I wasn't doing real estate. <laughs> <laughs> and we go to daddy-daughter days and all of that. Now, my daughter got big diamond earrings. Yeah, she had right, all, right, all of that. Right. But I couldn't really be nobody she could be proud of. Right, exactly. I couldn't be nobody. My mom could say, oh, my son do this. Mm -hmm. It's like I had this secret life. Right. And, and that really motivated me to be like, yo, I want to be something they could be proud of. Me and my kids, I used to take them to school in the morning, so I would take them in the bins, and i put the top back, right? So at the time, they was going to private school in a place called Columbia Academy. And... We'll pull up, and I'm looking at these people. They look at me, this young kid getting out, taking these kids in there. They're like, hey, what, what is that? That's your little brother? Um, I'm like, no, that's my son. <laughs> so he's like, oh, that's your car? And you know what I mean? So the kids would be like, hey, Brooks, you know, hey, um, I see your dad's nice car and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it, people coming over, asking you questions and stuff, you feel awkward. Right. It doesn't feel good, you right. know what I mean, after a while. And these are the things, I mean, 
These are the things in your heart that also that's telling you that the you energy know, is the telling energy, you it's wrong. It's the energy's telling you that it's wrong, right? I should feel good about this. Right. So what happens is people fool themselves right. to feel good about it, so they ain't gotta feel bad. Exactly. So you double down and like, yeah, this mine. And then yeah, yeah, this jewelry mine. Now I'm almost I'm gonna double down to show off and show you I'm embracing this, who I am. And during the holidays, I'm giving away. Um, turkeys. I'm giving away Christmas toys and all this stuff through the churches and everything and different organizations. And, you know, I'm saying to myself, like, look what I took from And I call myself giving back, you know what I mean? But I'm taking every day because I'm waiting for something to come down the highway right now so I can dump it into the city. You know what I mean? So... I'm giving y'all back a, this, a tenth of what I'm taking. Right. This, if that. this is ill thinking. This is this is not good. It's not justify. good. It's, it's a justification, you know, and it's just not good at all. I love that. So, King, we're gonna go to this episode, part of our episode called Trap Transition. So, even in prison, you had the choice to go back. Right. To I met a lot. I met a lot of people that was, hey, when you go home this time, I got something for. I mean, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got something for you this time. They're like, oh, you was that guy? Oh, you go home? We <laughs> could get it I in. I got something for you this time. Yeah. So what was your trap transition, the aha moment where you knew, like, yo, I'm done. This ain't for me. I had a Russian guy. Me and him played chess every day in the hospital. And he said, hey, man, one day he... um he would have the different people cook us food and stuff like that while we play chess every day. It's in the feds. It's in the feds. I'm in the hospital. Gotcha. So we playing chess. He said, um, he said, um, so he gave me, you know, his, his his information and everything because I was getting ready to get discharged out of the hospital and go back to the regular compound. Mm-hmm. So he said, um, he gave me all his information. He was like, hey man, don't give my information to nobody and blah, blah, blah. He was real standoffish. Right. Beat me every game in chess, you know what I mean? But he was teaching me at the same time. But he said, hey, man, he said, I had some long conversations with you, and I shared some, some private stuff with you. He said, but I need you to make one promise to me. I said, what's the promise? It's called Russia. What's the promise, Russia? He said, man, promise me that you'll never go back and sell drugs again. I'm just, <laughs> you tripping. So you were still thinking about selling drugs? I was still thinking about selling drugs. How many years were you in prison when you were still thinking like that? Probably about eight or nine. So you were eight, nine years in prison right. on a 30-year term. I had a new plan. <laughs> Yo, this <laughs> trap is real, family. I had a whole new plan and then... The, Wait, stop. No, please stop. I and just I'm wanna... lying to everybody. Oh, no, I'm going to come home. I'm going to do this. Oh. I'm lying to everybody. Yeah. Yo, the trap yo, is meant to entice and entangle us, and it's just designed for the system, bro. So the fans come scoop up all your money. Mm-hmm. All your cars and assets. Right, take everything from you. How you working in prison for for pennies? Pennies make you feel less of a man. Family, my brother just said that he was eight, nine years in prison on a 30-year sentence. Release date 2029. We still not even there. By the time you hear this podcast, you still won't be there. You can hear this podcast five years from now, you still won't be at his release date. He's eight, nine years in prison on a kingpin charge and still insisting on going back to the trap with a new plan. Right. So what happened? So uh, he, he, I said, Russian man, I can't make that promise to you. He get up, he pushed his chest piece. He said, what you mean you can't make that promise? You just tell me all this mess about your family and you love them and all that. He said, do you love yourself? Wow. 
And I went back to my cell and I said, <laughs> Do I? <laughs> oh, man, this man tripping. He got all this money. I'm not trying to hear what he's talking about, you know. But, you know, I, it was time to make a change. And I, 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 I sat there to myself and I said, yo, I'm going to go home and I'm going to try something different. Wow. So you asked yourself, did you love yourself? Yeah. And challenge yourself to do something different? Right. Yeah. Ch- well, I said, I'm going to give myself a year or two and I'm not going to do nothing. And then, you know, excuse me. I'm sorry. Okay. Things got bad. That's another bad characteristic, using profanity, you know what I mean? Getting <laughs> so, there. Yeah, get, getting there from the track. So you yeah. committed that, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm not going to hustle for a, a year or two. Right. Try something new. New, right. And then we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, right. And once, you know, I got out there and, you know, and the thing is, once I started working in substance abuse and while I'm, while I'm working in substance abuse, I'm working with people, and I'm like saying to myself, like, hey, I'm telling these people all this stuff and using myself as an example. Ain't no way in the world I can go back mm. and make myself. That, that takes away who I am. Mm, so now you're a liar. Like, I'm a liar. I'm a liar. You know what I mean? So, and then I'm in my head, I'm saying, yo, that's, I know, I mean, that's just as bad as being a snitch. <sighs> you know what I mean? I'm lying to these people. They put in their life. They, they dare to actually, they got a, Ill, a sickness that's making them give up everything and just destroying their life. And I'm trying to make my mo- I mean, make my experiences inspiration to take them somewhere else. Mm. You know, and but you're still battling your own sickness. I'm still sure. Yeah. And I hate to tell you this, you know, I still have characteristics to this day that shows that, you know, living a life of crime made me sick, you know, and not in the sense of like, it's just the routine of how we do things, you know. And you pick up a lot of different characteristics that make it so that you don't think normal sometimes, mm. you know. But sometimes, you know, I, my, my, my connection with God and my connection with my family, you know, they help me stay centered, help me stay focused, and help me work on those bad characteristics. And every day, I, I'm, you know, I'm working on them every single day. Before I came here progress. today, I, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, some of the things that I work on on myself. I get up every morning, I lay in the bed for 10 minutes before I get out. And I say to myself, you know, different things I don't like about myself, different Mm. things I want to change, how I'm going to stay positive, how I'm going to work through this challenge, work through that challenge. Making an intentional decision to not be enticed or entangled anymore, and that independence is how you beat the trap. Right, exactly. Exactly. You got to be an independent thinker. You can't let the culture, peer pressure, the enticement of money, the allures, make you be who God has already ordained and positioned you to be somebody different. And real quick, it's just like when I was at the halfway house. I get my first cell phone in the halfway house. Now, you have cell phones in prison, but I, at the halfway house, I get a cell phone. Everybody called me, trying to line me up. Hey, man, come holler me. I got something for you. I got something for you. I'm like... If it ain't money, you know what I mean? And then at some point in time, you know, some of my friends were like, hey, man, don't. If my, my man, my, my man Yeller, he told me, he said, man, don't even go take the money. Mm. Just, you know what I mean? He he encouraged me. He, 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 you know, he said, hey, you know, do what you want to do. Do what you feel is right. Right. He said, you know, to, you know what I mean? You, you got this moment to, to make a difference, you know? Right. 
He said, man, listen, whatever it is, I'm, I'm riding with you. And you know the rest of us riding with you. And who ain't riding with you, you know what I mean? We got to get them away from us. Right. Do you feel like there was a peer pressure, culture pressure to be peewee again when you came home? Well, yeah. I mean, man, you go from having a, a couple tickets and you come home to nothing. I'm ash- I was ashamed to say that. You know what I mean? I come home, I got a little bit of real estate and stuff, you know, but I'm trying to settle up to get my life back in, in order. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that, that, w- that was something, you know, like, I was like, hey, did I fail? Because mm. I'm coming home to nothing. Mm. But things is, you know, they steady moving up. You know what I mean? I got good brothers like you and everybody else around me, you know what I mean? I got an opportunity to, 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 to live out what I want to live and right. don't have to even think about that no more. Another chance at life. Another chance at life. All right, let's transition into our next segment. This is Pee Wee in the Trap Seat. This is our hot seat. I'm going to ask you a few questions real quick. Okay. Called Trap Blown. Let's blow the trap up. All right. Don't blow me too far. <laughs> so, so one question is, um, and I don't even want to focus, we talked a lot about your prior life, right? Um, in this new phase of your life, what's one of the best experiences that you have, something that's been mind-blowing to you? Um, I know you got mind-blowing stories, right, from your, 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 former, your former life. But right. what's a mind-blowing story from this new phase of your life, um, whether it be just somebody you helped, somebody you met, something you've done, something you've accomplished, something you've overcome during this new journey? Well, um, I have, um, I got a heavy caseload. I, ha- I have a wonderful director. Um, her name is Akia Daly. Um, at MBI, and she's the best. She, um, you know, she she pretty much gives me room to, you know, to maneuver and do certain things that that within reason at MBI. So I have um, a few clients that have some substance abuse issues um, as far as opiates. Mm-hmm. So you know. Heroin is a, a a mean drug, man, to, to actually to get over. And I got three or four clients that had about five or six years clean. Mm. And it's amazing to me uh, how they fight it every day. I had one guy, I speak to him probably every other day. And, uh, you know, we talk, you know what I mean? He, he tells me every day, he says, hey, man. He said, you know, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't call you direct. Because wow. I give all my clients my private number, you know, and a lot of my family be like, hey, why you give them? You know, they call you all day long, you know, but that's part of me. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, God gave me this blessing to be able to come to be free so I can help. Right. And so, you know, if I don't live this blessing now, who knows what could happen to me? You right. know, you got to You got to You got to uh, uh, obedience. You got to call them. Exactly. So that's just been mind blowing of how they was to overcome heroin and be able to, you know, change their life, you know, get their own apartment. I got, I got a guy, 60 some years old. It's his, he's had his apartment for three years. I mean, and he keeps it immaculate, you know, you know, been in and out of prison. And he's like, man, hey, I was 60 years old, wait to get my own apartment. He's like, he's like, and I feel good. Now he just got a job. He's working and everything, you know, and 
He's always calling me like, hey, man, what do you need? I'm like, man, don't worry about me. You better worry about yourself. You know, right. we can't take no, nothing from you. So, you know, but That's it makes me feel good, man. It makes me feel great. It makes me, you know, it, it, it helps me live. It, man, it charges my battery. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and I, I get it, man. I, I grew up, my, 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 my father who raised me, my stepfather, rest in peace, he was a heroin addict um, right. for, I mean, till he died, essentially. Right. Um, in most of our lives. And so I know, you know, um, that journey. Right. Um, right. And so for you to um, help and, and overextend your hand and, and, just, and really just really just in, in embrace and engulf your purpose. Right. Exactly. Is really what it is. Um, it's super, super commendable in real life. Right. Um, so awesome for that. And now, um, all right. One jab at where you come from. Mm-hmm. Trap blown. Biggest bag you ever blew. One day, one weekend. Probably near close to, ah, we go down Fisherman's Island or something, we might blow a hundred stacks, you know, and renting cars, spending money. One trip. One trip. I mean, just blow it and like, Talking about, hey man, I gotta get back. I gotta put that back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta put that back. You know what I mean? So you know, yeah, probably about a hundred stacks. I don't uh-huh. know. Just uh, tell you how sick we were. Right. Oh, what you could have done with that? Oh man, helped whole families, my whole salary. And, and listen, don't get what I'm saying wrong. Everybody should treat themselves, but it's a it's a boundary. It's a limit. Moderation. And then it's moderation, and through treating yourself, sometimes you got to know how to send another blessing out there, and let that be part of the, the of treating yourself mm. by blessing somebody mm. else. Trap bar, treat yourself by blessing somebody else. Yeah. I have a um, a friend. Um, she 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 always tell me. She say, hey, she said, um, the things that 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 you like to do, I don't like to do. She's like, she said, and. Those those things, you know, my thing is to give away, get, give, 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 give. I'm like, that's crazy like that. I'm like, well, what would you do for yourself? That's what I do for myself. I give. Wow. Like that. She's like, hey, that, you I know. Get a rush out of that. Right. She gets a rush out of that. She feels good, you know, out of that, you know. And it's amazing, you know, of how people think that, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, I like to give, but I want to treat myself too. Right, you know what right. I mean? So, you know. Awesome. All right. So listen, as we wrap this up, uh, last question, King Pee Wee, is our trap cheat sheet. If there's a corner trapper out there, active, in and out, somebody coming home from prison, still thinking about going back, somebody that's somebody's family member who has somebody in prison who's still thinking about going back, somebody that's enticed and still entangled in this game, what's a piece of advice you can give them as a trap cheat sheet? Man... The best advice I can give, man, is like, like I said, you know, put in your head who you want to be and strive every day to get close to that, you know, and and live that out. Make that your reality. Now, you know, I'm not telling you to be unrealistic about things. And, and really, it isn't no nothing is being unrealistic because that's your reality. So I'm just telling you, man, if you coming home from prison, if you out there getting money right now, hey, Transition yourself to get out of what you're in and make, your, make yourself a better person. You know, make, make things, you know, better for you and your family. 
you know, and I guarantee it's going to work. It's just going to, it's going to be painful. It's going to be rough. Hey, but going to that justice system, you know, going to prison, that's not going to feel good either. Right. You know, and choose your pains. Yeah, that pain choose you. Exactly. And I don't knock nobody out there getting money right now. I don't knock nobody. I, 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 I feel it. I feel it. I understand. But at some point in time, you're going to have to settle up and decide what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Mm. It's better to sell up on your own terms than on <laughs> their terms, family. Yeah. That's all we saying. Right. Like, yo, we ain't here to judge. Right. It's just smarter and wiser to settle up on your own time and on their time, but you don't know when that time is. Exactly. So the sooner you settle up, the better. Exactly. And beat your own trap. And King Pee Wee, King Ron, appreciate you. It's love been you, a brother. Pleasure. I yes, love you what's too, best bro. for us, man. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, family, listen, you just watched an amazing Super Trapper episode of How to Beat the Trap. We want you guys to share this, subscribe to the podcast, let it hit home, let it sting, change your life, man. And we all can settle up on our traps before the traps eat us alive. All right, guys, I'll see you on the next episode of How to Beat the Trap in Real Life. Hey, Peace Family Real Estate Pioneer, Jay Morrison, coming to you live from the Black House. Uh, why haven't you got your first-of-its-kind video textbook, excuse me, interactive video textbook experience, the 12-step real estate crash course. This book will make you a real estate power player in real life with over six and a half hours of video lessons with 290 pages of real workbook experiences, tests, quizzes, assessments that give you the skill set, mindset, and formulas needed to dominate in real estate and be a power player in any part of the industry in real life. Homeowner, realtor, wholesale, landlord, flipper, developer, don't matter. You need this book. Your family needs this book. Go tap in the link right now for your for your interactive first of its kind video textbook experience in real life tap in 12stepvideotextbook.com